What's going on, cartel? Davey coming back at you again for episode 62 with none other than returning guest, Esoteric Eddie. And Mr. Eduardo Cano. So, he comes back on to discuss uh, what he's working on uh, lately. And we talk a lot about that. We talk about the, uh, the, the Great Pyramid of Giza and whether it was built by Khufu or not, um, and the fraudulent behavior that was going on uh, with all that stuff. And there's so much that we dove into. And then we just kind of vibed out and talked about spirituality, which is what I'm all about, right? So, yeah, you know, the Most High, the Creator, what have you, and uh, just treating others like how we should be treated, right? And doing God's work as... uh, truthers you know what i'm saying i think truth always comes back to um <clears throat> the creator and it always goes like to conspiracy and everything right so conspiracy always leads back to spirituality as sam triple would say and then it goes back to the creator and finding the source of where you came from and what you're supposed to be doing with your life and living out your purpose and so we get into a lot of that stuff you know so I just want to thank you guys so much for constantly tuning in. It's like it's it's like mind blowing to me how every time I ever release an episode and like how you guys are still there with me, you know. So I really appreciate it. I would encourage you to uh, make like uh, screen recordings of some of my episodes and getting it out there and you know using hashtags. Get creative, you know. Put it in your story. Put it in your uh, social media. Just spread it around, you know. And, uh, yeah, so without further ado, I give you Esoteric Eddie once again, and sit back, smoke a dupe, drink a beer, do what you gotta do, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I am your host, Davey Wavy, and returning guest, Mr. Esoteric Eddie is in the house. Eddie? What up, what up? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, enjoying the sunny weather. Oh, me too, man. I'm bronzed already. What's that? I'm already bronzed. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm a little red to dead. Went out swimming. I didn't wear any protection. Oh, yeah. Well, when when you're in the water, dude, the fucking sun just, like, gets right attracted to you, you know? Yeah, that sun god waterproof sunscreen on and a lot a lot of people say sunscreen is really bad for you but at the same time it's like you don't want to be out there for like five eight hours and not wear it you know what i'm saying yeah no i feel you but uh yeah other than that's chill that's cool man so you've been working on some new stuff lately yeah man a lot of different things you know i think we the first uh episode we did was was what back in like december or january yeah, man, I can't believe it's been that long already. Like, but yeah, you just came came out swinging with your uh, rounds on on podcasts, and I think I was one of your first. Yeah, dude, you were the second or third, I believe. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, dude, like here we are now. I've done close to forty now. That's wild, man. Yeah, yeah. This is episode sixty-two right now, and like. You were probably somewhere around like 15 or something when I started. <laughs> Jeez. 
So, you know, yeah, we're, we're both doing our thing and just growing, growing bigger and bigger, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, since then, uh, a lot has happened, but, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of documentaries, a lot of other videos and, um, working on my second book, which I'm going to drop, uh, in August or early September. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, have, have you been working on documentaries or, or watching them? Oh, working on documentaries. Oh, shit. No way. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I got the YouTube channel, the Esoteric Eddie TV. Um, I think I got like a, a little over 20 videos on there now. But uh, yeah, I've got um, like full length documentaries on there on various subjects. And then I also have just like rant videos and um, what I call a new series I just started called Esoteric Spotlight, which is um, basically like a document documentary but it's way more laid back it's there's less visuals it's just more of me talking on sp- specific subjects and stuff cool but but uh yeah man a lot of that and then getting ready to drop this next book um it's gonna be on the anunnaki okay but uh it's so, I, I don't know like, if I mentioned... like real anunnaki stuff not like sakurai sitchin stuff <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very critical, actually. It's like a shill, right? Or like a fake? Uh, Yeah, I hear that a lot, you know, and um, uh, I would say that he he definitely did some of the information to fit his narrative. Right. And I didn't have that view when I first started getting into his stuff when I was younger. Um, I first got into his stuff like around 2009. And I was in high school, you know, and I, and I loved it. And I was a huge fan. And I was like, you know, just fanatical about it. But then uh, as I progressed in, into his research, I started see, picking out some of like little little nuanced things that like I even noticed that were kind of like just bad habits, um, you know, of his. Such but a... the, uh, Like, for example, he would bring up certain texts and then he wouldn't reference them. You know, OK. Like, and so I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Like, I can't go, like, you know, double check the work. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he would just like he would he would um, summarize some history, and then like at the end of like, the summary, he would just slap on, you know, and the Anunnaki did it or something, you know, like. Right. But I understand where he was coming from, though. He was trying to make, trying to like make some connect some dots, you know, that that didn't exists so he was speculating you know that's so he that's wasn't really noting anything at all well he did do a lot of great work like he did do a lot of good things like a lot of great uh scholarly work but um all of it was just pretty much just just justification for his anunnaki concept and um which i mean it is what it is you know whatever like he was he was speculating speculating he was widely speculating um, but what I love about his work is that he, he f- details a lot of this stuff in a chronological way that makes it very, um, you know, easy to dive into not, and also kind of just gives you a strong foundation to work from. Right. To, to like an area to start off with and then dig deeper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this book, this book that I'm dropping, it's it's called the Anunnaki Theorem, and it's actually the, my first book that I dropped <clears> back in 2018. But um, 
it was horrible. <laughs> I was younger than and, and which is an it's not an excuse, but my writing style was was not as strong as it is now, and my my research um, was not as strong as it as it is now. So I actually made the book out of print years ago. Um, so I've been revising it, editing it. And so what's going to come out this year, later this year, is actually a whole revision of that first book that I dropped. Okay. And um, So it's not like completely, it, it's not completely from scratch, but it's just like revised and amplified kind of thing, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. gutted, I pretty much gutted the whole thing. There was literally just like, you know, maybe a couple paragraphs that I kept that I thought were really good. And, and those paragraphs that I kept were mostly like the opinionated paragraphs. Like none, I didn't keep any of like the actual research portions. Oh, of it. shit. Wow. Yeah, I scrapped all of that because I wrote it from like still like a Sitchin fanboy perspective. Okay. You know, but um, no, yeah, I'm coming at it like full fledged. Like I, I, I've mentioned Sitchin here and there, um, but for the most part i tried i've tried my best to like not use any of his work as a basis for for my evidences that's and, good yeah and it's been awesome because i through this process i have realized even more so like how Sitchin has kind of manipulating the knowledge like for but also kind of like in certain ways how he was somewhat right like for example the whole nibiru thing right like that's a huge part of his uh, pitch, right. his, presenta his presentation is that the Anunnaki come from planet Nibiru. And Nibiru is a word, is a Sumerian word, and, and it is mentioned in the Sumerian text, specifically mentioned in the Enuma Elish, which is the creation story. Um, but uh, and the, where he makes this wild speculative connection it is in the text, Marduk or, or um, the protagonist who comes in and kills Tiamat and saves the gods and all this stuff um, is <clears throat> Nibiru at the end of the text. He, he says, oh, Nibiru, you are like a shining star in the skies and you which are is where, which is where Lucifer comes in. Kind of, sort of. We, we can go that way. But um, what I'm getting at here with the, with the Sitchin thing is is he Nibiru is mentioned and and Marduk or the protagonist in the Enuma Elish I say that because it, the name has changed over time it um he is quoted in the book as being called Nibiru he says oh Nibiru you are sh shining star in the skies you are shepherd to the gods so Sitchin said oh, look here this is proof that you know this god who planet um is named Nibiru and Nibiru is the planet of the crossing this is and that but however, what he failed to mention also is that in that same um, text, that God Marduk is also given 49 other titles. So Nibiru is only one out of 50 titles that he's um, equated to at the end of this text when he um, is triumphant. And he just gave him one name. Yeah, he said, he said, look, here's he's call, they're calling him Nibiru and he's it's it's. He's a star in the sky, and and so he just wildly speculates. That, yeah, that's that kind of sounds a little bit of like I, I, I want to say laziness, but at the same time, he's probably just like amalgamating everything into one name. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think his narrative was? 
Well, <clears throat> well, I, I have um, almost all of the Earth Chronicles. I had all of them at one point, and I've read all of them and, and some of the other texts. And um, so I'm very, it's very clear, like what basically all he's saying is that mankind were deliberately created through a genetic process by the Anunnaki and that these Anunnaki came here 400 to 500,000 years ago and they came here um, when their home planet Nibiru was close in proximity to our planet and that that planet has a super long elliptical orbit. So that's pretty much his story in a nutshell. And then he, he had to write seven books um, to justify that. And wow, uh, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, the conjectures he makes are fascinating. But um, when you actually go out, like here's another one that I found he, was, was he wrong. Can't really fault him for that, I don't think, because he was just doing what he was doing, right? Like just like how you're doing, right? Yeah. You might not be right on it about everything, but you're doing everything to the best of your ability. That's probably what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, but some of it's like, nah, man, like you, you couldn't have been <laughs> that, that like naive. Like, for example, there's another part in, in his book, Stairway to Heaven, which is like the Egypt book. Like each book somewhat focuses on certain areas of the world. So the Egypt book, I guess, Stairway to Heaven, he talks about, oh, how the Egyptians venerated this planet also. And, and um, the pyramid text, for example, the, the oldest text in existence that belongs to the uh, ancient Egyptians is the pyramid text and the pyramid all the pyramid text is it's basically this like ceremonial text that's preparing the, the king's soul in transition toward uh, after death towards heaven and um, Sitchin speculated saying that this this text was emulating an actual physical um, rocket ship you know going to heaven oh wow that, yeah, so he said, yo, the, the Egyptians witnessed the gods actually take off to the heavens in a rocket ship. And then so they, but they didn't understand that. So they kind of like um, rewrote it and reconceptualized it in a spiritual way. It gets deep, but, but one of the well, things we I noticed. Well, we all that worked out for NASA. They just keep gearing, <laughs> not going out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hitting that freaking, that dome. But uh, what, one thing that I noticed that he manipulated was that in the pyramid text, um, heaven is referred to as, um, well, he said that heaven is referred to as the, the imperishable star. And so he's like, look, like they knew about Nibiru. They called it the, the imperishable star. But if you go and read the actual translations of the pyramid text, it doesn't say imperishable star. It says place of the imperishable stars. Plural. Oh. So... He was he manipulated that he turned it into a singular to make it fit in the Jewish like it was one thing. Yeah. It was, what are your thoughts on the imperishable stars? Um, that is, that source creation, like source uh, creator. Well, the Egyptians were like heavily fascinated by the night sky and the, you know the constellations and the solar system. Um, so I think they were just talking about the stars, the stars that we can see, you know, I think they okay. just, just saw those and were just like, and there's a lot of evidence for them worshiping Sirius, the Sirius constellation in particular. So that might've been the imperishable stars that they were directly referencing was the, was the Sirius um, constellations. Okay. 
but yeah, man. So, so I'm coming at this research as critical as I can. And I've been learning a lot of cool things, man. Like things that are just shaping my mind and shaping the way I view certain of um, esoteric history. What do you, what's uh, your process for research? Like if you find something like that's new to you, like how do you go about like digging into that deeper? Do you do it online or do you get books or what do you do? Yeah, man. Great question. Um, my research habits or process has kind of um it's it's changed over the years but i've built up certain habits over the years that i that i utilize every time um but i have good habits yeah 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 good (laughs) habits and you know it's funny some of my research habits that i use today i actually got back in grade school when i used to like find shortcuts to like cheat on tests and and stuff like that that's funny dude yeah, because like I wasn't a good student, dude. I was just I would always just I never Same studied, here, man. Yeah, I would never study, so I'd have to find quick and fast ways to like learn material like the day of sometimes. So yeah, like, some of those habits I actually still use to like find things really quick when I'm moving through books or sources. The but, reason uh, for that is because they never taught you in anything in school that you actually wanted to fucking learn, right? Yeah, yeah. I sure <laughs> thought. That's why I, I was a horrible student, dude. Yeah, but you know what's funny is like all throughout, I always was intrigued by history. Like, I for some reason I was like, oh damn, like this is kind of dope. But it was just always the history teachers that like just made it horrible for me. Dude, I had this one history teacher, so we're getting sidetracked here. But all he did was write notes all around the room on the chalkboard, and he had to copy <laughs> them down. And it was like, what am I fucking doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I know, dude. I had this one dude in high school, me and him just was just cutthroat dude every day, man. It was just, oh man, that dude was annoying. But that's one time I, had... I walked in like a little late and he was just yelling at me. Like, you know, I walked in like a few seconds late. You know, he just was at it for me like every day. Any excuse he had to like get at me. And I just got up and I just like hawked the fattest, the fattest loogie at his, uh, his window. As I walked oh, shit. Out. It's like, fuck this guy. That's funny. We had a Canadian history teacher. He was cool. And uh, I would sit there in class and drink vodka out of a, a Pepsi can with my buddy. <laughs> and and we just get fucked up. And then we'd go out and then um, we'd get high. And he would come back and he knew we were high. We'd fuck with us. Eh? This yeah. is so funny. <laughs> I failed that class miserably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit, same here, man. But, but now, yeah, getting back to your question. Um, I try to start with books. I have a personal library I've been building up over the years, like close to a little over 200 at this point. And uh, so I try to start there, you know, but if I can't find the information in my books, then um, I'll actually go towards uh, my online dictionary. I have a PDF library that I've I've been building up over the years too. I mean, fascinating stuff, dude, like going back to like the 1600s even. And so... I try to use my personal library, physical and digital. And then if I can't find it through those sources, then I'll just, you know, start looking through online articles and essays. But um, I'm usually. And then, and then you just compile all that stuff until you, you amalgamate everything into like your, your book, right? Like you just kind of squash it down and try to condense it from what you. Yeah. 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 So I'll use, I'm usually. Dude, most most of writing books for me at least is is the research part of it. Like, 
it's funny. I'll spend maybe sometimes an hour cross-referencing four, eight different, you know, uh, sources sure. ju- just so I can write like a paragraph at the most. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's spending intense. an hour or more just to write a paragraph because I want to be, me. I want to be, you know, on point. Science is possible. Point, right. Yeah. Science, making, making sure that what I'm saying is correct, is true, it's up to date. You know, so that that's my my process. It's just starting with the books, the digital, and then cross referencing. But and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that, that if, you, if I'm sure that if you found something that goes back way back in history, and then you you look at like how that kind of uh, research developed throughout time, and then to see if it changed or not, right? And yeah, yeah, even- thing. Yeah, no, and that does happen. You know, uh, that does happen. Like I'll be reading something from, I don't know, like the 1800s and then uh, I'll cross reference it to something like more up to date and I'll see that they're different. So I have to like fix certain things, you know, but uh, yeah, that does happen. And, and upon this process, it's, it's just fascinating because it just, again, it just changes a lot of what I thought about certain things. And it's crazy too, because I'll go out and I, there's like certain subjects that I think are going to be easy to collect information on. For example, like I, there's a section in my book where I had to write about the Hermetica, right? Like, a, which is super famous in the esoteric community. And I was like, okay, this should be easy to find information on. I go out and, and it's actually very hard to find like real legit information on because there's been so much like new agey stuff written on it. Right. And, um, so, so a lot of times I'm like having to sift through like all like the new agey fanatic tacked on to the like source material. And some of this stuff is like actually hard to find real legit sources on. Well, it's like going back to your to uh, <clears throat> the origin of the name of Lucifer. Right. It's like it, that's been twisted to new age where it's like it's the devil you know and like people always say lucifer is the devil and it's like but oh, that's yeah. not what you discovered you know yeah yeah and uh, yeah that, that book took me two years to write and, and because of that man it's just like sitting down and like having to dig through so much and i was tripped out too i was like wait what like man like i had to sit there for hours and like read up on Canaanite mythology, Ugaritic mythology, how Judaism was formed, the pre-exilic and post-exilic era, like all these things I never knew about. And But I can't just read one little article online about it. I have to read at least four references, you know, but realistically, I'm probably doing like eight to ten references on each little subject along the way. Sure. It's a lot of and, work, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and dedication. Right like, you can't be lazy about it. You got to really, you know, if you're publishing something, you got to be sure that what you're publishing is what you want it to be, like hard nailed, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't go willy nilly. Yeah, not at all, dude. Not at all. That's, that's how I want to be perceived. That's how my, I want my work to be. I want it to stand alone for itself. So the only way to do that is just to be as critical and unbiased as possible. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's quite a process right now. Let me see. It's going to be about five chapters. I try to make most of my books around five chapters. Um, I just finished the third one. So I got two more to go. 
the one I just finished, I got into like the Great Pyramid, for example. That was something that really blew my mind. It's like actually sitting down and doing research on the Great Pyramid of Giza and how much we actually know about that. And that was a trip. Um, we can get into that a little bit if you want, if you'd like. Sure. I'm always fascinated with that stuff. Yeah. So what I found, um, well, for one is, is mainstream academia claims that it was built under the reign of Khufu. Um, so we're talking about, oh, I think it was uh, 26 BC around there, 2600 BC. Uh, could be wrong on the date, but it's around there. So, but they think they say it was built by Khufu under his reign. And then the next two um, pharaohs after him built the other two smaller ones and that his son after him had built the Sphinx. And uh, the, But the only pieces of evidence we have for that are ridiculous. The first one was um, an inscription of his name found in one of the chambers back in the 1800s by this eager scholar named Howard Weiss. And um, I learned about this actually through Sitchin first, but um, I didn't want to go through Sitchin's translation of it or his, or his perception of it. Um, so I went off and did my own research on it because like Sitchin, like many other alternative scholars, uh, concluded that Howard Weiss was a fraud, that, that, he, that he forged this, this cartouche of Khufu's name. Hmm. But, ma- but mainstream, of course, mainstream e- Egyptologists you know, say, you know, Sitchin's a kook and uh, people like him are a kook. It's not a, it's not a forgery. But if you just go there, there were scholars, respectable scholars during the time of Howard Weiss's days in the 1800s that right off the bat smelled something fishy. So what's weird is, is uh, Howard Weiss, he was just this, you know, this eager scholar who was trying to get his foot on the ground on the Egypt the Giza plateau but he was kind of rejected and refused at first so he went through like all these you know little hoops to finally get his hands on the work and one night him and his uh uh, accomplice right or or whatever his buddy snuck onto the plateau at night and they were sneaking around at the great uh pyramid and they found a hole they found that there was a space inside behind one of the walls and so they they said oh there must be something there so after months they blasted through the granite slabs they after months of blasting away at it drilling away at it they finally got into um, what was one of the relieving chambers of the of the the king's chamber i'm not sure if you know what it looks like but you have the great pyramid and pretty much in the middle of it or in the heart of it there's like this chimney like structure it's pretty tall. It's just like this chimney-like structure with like five different spaces in it. But anyway, I'm familiar, so, I'm familiar with that. But yeah, I keep explaining for the audience. Yeah, so so it's like it's just a super random chimney-like thing, and and Howard Weiss, we had to blast through it after like weeks and weeks to finally get into this little um, cramped space, and then um, just fortunately. Uh, Howard Weiss found what scholars call a graffiti-like cartouche of Kufrin, and it wasn't even chiseled into the rock. It was actually painted with red paint. And what's weird about it, too, is that it's, it's written in a style that, that was later formulated that wasn't um, normal in Khufu's time. So the, the, the hieratic style that it was written in wasn't even normal in Khufu's time. 
Um, so that's like one of the main pieces of evidence that's, that mainstream Egypt, Egyptologists claim the pyramid was built by Khufu was, was that. And there's a couple other things, two other things. One is what's called the Murner Logbook. So we found um, this one scholar later on, I think in the uh, late 1990s, found what's called Murner's Logbook. And it was a logbook by a Egypt foreman construction foreman who worked for the royal court of Khufu. And so he, it's just like a daily logbook of, of what he bought, you know, where he went. And um, it's interesting because it shows that he went to um, this town in Egypt where all like the famous limestone was, was uh, sold. So he bought limestone and he brought it to the Giza plateau. But all it says is I went to the town, I bought limestone and I went back to um, pretty much the Giza plateau. It doesn't say anything about, you know, we bought this limestone for the pyramid or, or Khufu built a pyramid or anything like that. And see, Egyptologists took a look at this and said, well, look, he bought limestone and he brought it to the Giza Plateau. And why that's important, why that's important is because the Giza Pyramid used to be encased in limestone completely. It used to be all white, not before it eroded. Yeah. So wow. these- Can you imagine like... Seeing the pyramids like when they were first built, dude, that would be so fucking wild. Dude, apparently, because of how huge it was and because of how white the, the finish was, you would be able to see it from space. Wow. So there would be like little mini you can't stars. Now, right? What's that? You can't see it, see the pyramids from space now, can you? Uh, not that I know of. But be able that- to see like kind of outline, like a small outline, but not like probably like, yeah. cheap it was right no but uh yeah so so pretty much we, we to this day we still have no conclusive evidence that the pyramids were built under khufu or by khufu and there's one last little piece of evidence that i want to go through which kind of blew my mind or and how so, they were built for that reason for that matter exactly there's this other thing called the uh oh man what is it called i think i think it's called the khufu inventory Stella, I believe. Um, or, but it's, it's definitely called the Inventory Stella. So, but uh, what it tells is it was this inscription written um, thousands of years later after Khufu's reign by a priest of the Isis cult. And he tells a legendary tale about Khufu's reign saying that Khufu came upon this altar of Isis and rebuilt it and that um, he also restored the Sphinx and that he also restored um, two pyramids, one for himself and one for his wife. And so scholars again take a look at this and say, oh, well, look, this could be evidence towards Khufu and the pyramids, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot because this priest says that Khufu restored the Sphinx and restored to pyramids. And why that's fascinating is because again, Egyptologists say that Khufu's son built the Sphinx. So why would Khufu be restoring had it not been built after him? Right, right. So um, there's all these weird things going on, man, all these holes in mainstream academia. So it's one of the, again, this is one of those times where I kind of side with Sitchin, you know, Sitchin and Stairway to Heaven goes in on this and says, well, look, dude, Howard Weiss is, is, is a crook. He's, he forged this and, and this, this, and that. And so 
I kind of side with him on those certain things. And to this day, we can't conclusively say who or why or how these things were built. It's kind of like a battle between Sitchin and like the modern day um, archaeologists or whatever, where it's like, or scholars, let's say, where they, <clears throat> you know, he says, no, he's a fraud. Right. And then yeah. you got the, the modern day people saying, no, Sitchin is the fraud. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to, it's like a puzzle that is created because you really have to decipher what's true and what's not. Who, who is the, the good guy and the bad guy, right? Like, why would the archaeologists be suppressing information that we should be knowing? Yeah, man, you got to, like, set out and just research the stuff yourself. Or you can buy my book, <laughs> September. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding, but... Self-promotion. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I did, all the, I did all the hard work for you. That's it, right? Like, that's that's what it is. Like, even with my podcast, it's like the things that I know, I'm just integrating it into, into here, like the research that I've done, stuff like that, right? Yeah. And it's, like it's up to the audience to like, you know, think about it. And if they want to go down a rabbit hole, then so be it, right? Because I went down many rabbit holes before I started my show. Yes, yeah. So, and I just, I just keep learning more and more. As, I, as I'm doing this show with guests such as yourself, right? And like, I've, I've been like very much more spiritually in tune um, with the the source of, of creation with God, right? Since yep. I started that, it's been an amazing journey. And I ain't stopping anytime soon. I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah, man, we got to, man. It's like, this is the great awakening right now. It is, people. man. So much it's information. Undeniable, dude. man. It's undeniable, like what what's happening with with uh, humanity. Because, like, the more people that I talk to and tell them what I do uh, outside of work, uh, they're 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 on board. They're like, dude, that's awesome, right? Yeah. And I start telling them. I they start asking me questions, and then it start open op- starts opening up their minds, right? And I actually prayed the other day, like a few days ago, and I said, you know, creator, um, send me people my way in, in my uh, physical reality, not just online, uh, to mm-hmm. talk about the things that you need, that needs to uh, be talked about, right? Or like send other people that are like-minded my way. Sure enough, dude, I'm at work, and like this guy comes up to me, and he's like, this black guy with dreads. And he's like, hey, he's like, hey, me brother, you know, like Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, me brother, you guys, uh, do you guys sell those uh, emergency kits? And I'm like, no, I don't think we do. I think that's probably only in the U.S. And, he, and I said, why are you preparing for something? Right? I said it like that. <laughs> and he goes, me always prepping, brother. You know what's going on, right? And his wife comes along and she says. Like she, she overheard the conversation and she's like, Oh, you're one of us, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, I said, dude, I have a pod, like a conspiracy slash spirituality podcast, you know? So yeah. I know about all this stuff that's going on. I'm very aware. And she's like, I knew it. I could just tell by your energy. And I was oh. like, Holy shit. Right. It was yeah, crazy, yeah. man. Conversation. And then they asked me about my podcast and then I gave it to them, the links and everything. Like, we're going to check you out. Two days later, I see them again. And they're right. like, hey, this stuff is fucking awesome, you know? And I was yeah. like, holy shit. It's crazy, man. 
then I had some other girl come up to me uh, yesterday, and she she's a fellow coworker, and I I, I barely know her, right? But yeah. she approached me, and she said, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" She's like. She's, I just really had to tell you that I really admire your energy and like I could tell I could tell you're like really happy all the time like you're smiling all the time that that, that really means a lot to me because it's very contagious right and she, yeah. said, she asked me she said have you been through a lot of pain in your life I said yeah I've been through a lot of pain but it like helped me get to where I am now and she's like are you kind of numb to it I said I'm not numb. I recognize my past, but at the same time, I, I know that uh, the creator is with me and therefore like what I, I'm not bothered by hardly anything. And she's like, I knew it. She's like, I knew it. She's like, I could tell that you were just connected to God. Like, and I said, yeah, but it's not through religion or anything. She's like, absolutely not. Right. So like, yeah. there's so and then she like stroked my chest and she's like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, dude. I I told her, I'm like, I really appreciate you recognizing that, you know, like I'm humbled, you know, it was amazing. That's cool, man. Pray you shall receive. Mm -hmm. That is cool, man. Oh man. But you just got to have that faith, man. That like that, that the unseen is, is there, you know? It is. It is. I, I've had periods of my life where I've also called upon prayer and I, I try to hold it like for those kind of moments, like such as yourself, where you really like need it, you know, when you're like, you yeah. know what, like, let me reach out. Because day to day, I, I'm day to day, I always have this underlying connection, you know, just always there. I start my day. It's off always there. Well, in the Bible, it says, uh, I think Paul said, uh, pray without ceasing, right? And to pray without ceasing, I in my mind means to that means to me that it's like you don't have to constantly be praying like oh God did the blah 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 right. It just yeah. it's just knowing that you're with God is with you all the time at yeah, every dude. moment right. And and when you know that when you know that it's just like you get this peace that you know that yeah. you're gonna lead to where you need to go and there's like you don't fear death you don't fear shit man. Yeah, you see, you see through it all, man. You see, yeah, you get that that uh, that happiness, like you, as you say, it's, it's also known as like samadhi or enlightenment, right? By like the yogis, like once you reach that certain level, you're just living in peace. You're just chilling. You're just spirit living in the physical realm. That's it. You know, and that going but, uh, yeah. going uh, one day, I'm gonna be up there with them, and you know, review my life and. Uh, you know, hopefully we can just skip over the, all the masturbation parts. <laughs> like, let's fast forward through this. <laughs> but you He's did it again. Be like, be like, oh, God's going to be like, it's not that long anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're about five minutes every time. So we'll just skip. <laughs> right? No, but that's why I see what's like, I constantly think on a metaphysical level. And, I, and that to me feels like um praying without ceasing you know yeah just living on that wavelength you know living on that frequency it's like literally being connected you know like boom i'm wi-fi connected right now to god you know yeah again uh always uh uh 
duplicates uh, the spirit realm through technology, right? Yeah. Yeah, Wi-Fi, this and that. And it's like, but I could just turn it all off and be, still be happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what well, we, we should definitely try and do that a lot these days, you know? Try to you disconnect. Fast, yeah, fast on technology, not, not only food, right? Yeah, disconnect to reconnect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used to have this buddy, man, RIP, like my friend uh, Christian, actually, which is kind of interesting. His name was Christian. But we called him Coco, and he was he he loves the Bible, man. He was like, but he was like a street dude. He was he was like one of those street dudes, you know, that go to prison and then like just get all into the Bible, you know? Well, yeah, they go into the yeah they they that because that's all they can do, right? Yeah, he was I'm like that. Uh, drugs and shit, but like if you go to jail and you come out rehabilitated, like the Bible is a huge thing for that, you know. Yeah, so he was like one of those dudes, and and uh, we both started getting into the Anunnaki stuff kind of together, and and um, we both kind of took it two different ways. Like I took it more like academic, but it still kind of shattered my paradigm at that time because I was, you know, I grew up a Christian and stuff like that. But then, but he kind of like took it as like a negative, like he saw it all as like demons trying to trick us and stuff like that. Um, but we used to get together and, and hold church, you know, we would get together and we would pray, man. We, we, we'd pray for the world. We'd pray for our people. And then we'd, we'd read a scripture together and then, um, we philosophize on it and then we would pray to God to show us signs and we just cruise around, man. We would just cruise around and just see what kind of spiritual stuff we get into. And, and you see you're, like uh, quote unquote synchronicities happen, right? Yeah, like it's it's amazing when you actually sit down and pray wholeheartedly, like you will be shown things. And we were. And it was like, for example, there was this one time where, like you said, we prayed like, yo, like show us somebody like like get us connected with somebody else on the same path. And that same day, we're like cruising around this transient uh, area, you know, like the bus stop areas. You get a lot of like, you know, a lot of strange people coming and going. And this one guy just comes up to us. It's, It's kind of this hooded figure guy and he's just like hey you guys you guys have a bike that i can have or i can use and we're just like what no it's like a weird question to ask somebody but (laughs) (laughs) but we we started (laughs) yeah like we started talking anyway and come to find out you know after we got comfortable this this guy he's just like yeah i'm actually on my way to go visit my priest across across the country and we're like what so this guy was catholic and he's like yeah I, i have some very important information to give him and we don't we don't talk over the phone. We only talk face to face. And we're like, whoa, this must be great. Some very serious stuff. He didn't want to tell us what the message was, but he said it had to do with end times. And then he pulls out this like golden Bible out of his backpack. He's like, I got to show you guys something, but you promise not to rob me. And we were like, no, dude, you know, we're brothers. <laughs> you know, good. But he pulls out this. this... I'm Mexican, but I'm not going to rob you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, like you were just trying to rob our bikes, like. What? And uh, but where, where was this? This was in a city called Oceanside, in San Diego. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a very, uh, I don't know, some would say, a lot of transients there. I'll leave it there. But uh, yeah, this dude pulls out this golden Bible, you know, like it's just like this huge, freaking like Vatican-looking like gold Bible. It's like gold-plated, and and. 
I don't know if it was real gold, but the dude was like, this, this is legit real gold. Like I got this gifted for one from my priest. And it was, it was definitely old. I mean, the print was old. I, the date was really old. I forgot what the date was, but um, yeah, that was just strange, man. Like, I'm not sure why we came cross paths with him, but we did. And, and it's, it's just a trip, man. When you really pray and you will be shown certain things. Yeah. Like things will happen that you, that are like, so like random, it seems random, but like after it happens, you're like, or even sometimes during it happens, you're like, this is a gift from God right now. This is a blessing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually, I don't know if I told you this story, but I've told the story on certain podcasts where when I was a kid, like one of the reasons I am super into information and knowledge and history, I attribute to one of those moments of prayer. My mom, she gave me one of my first Bibles when I was like eight or so. And she told me, she told me the story of Solomon and how Solomon, um, you know, asked God or God had asked Solomon, you know, what do you want? And the only thing Solomon wanted was wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, God blessed him with riches as well. So I loved that story. And my mom told me, like, just like Solomon, whenever you pray to God, pray to for the wisdom to understand the Bible. So that's what I did. I just. Yeah, that's a that's a huge core memory for you. Yeah, yeah. No core core. I, I told my friend the other day. I said, you know the term core memory, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, the reason why you remember those things so so well is for is for a purpose. It's like it was uh, a seed planted in your in your mind. Yeah, dude. It was almost like an angelic intervention. You know, yep. just like playing out as this as that scene. But uh, yeah, I did, man. I was like eight, you know, and I got down and prayed and I prayed to God. I was like, yo, God, like, just just show me wisdom. That's all I want. I want wisdom. I want truth. And then I attribute that moment to uh, why I'm so now? engulfed into this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's wild, man. There's so many things that's happened. Like I have a lot of core memories and like a lot of people that I've that I've known throughout my my past that you know they probably don't even think about me anymore you know what i mean but yeah. i think about them and because of the fact that they had a significant memory installed into my hard drive right it's like that's there for a purpose and it can't be erased you know and it's like what is that and you start ruminating on that it's like why did i encounter this person and like every like almost like every person that you meet is for a purpose, right? Yeah. It's, it's like in a, in a movie, dude. You know how they say in movies, every shot is there for a purpose. Yeah. Like everything is in there for a reason, right? It's the same thing with your daily life and your past, your future, your, your, your present, your future. Everything is just like purposeful. It's crazy. When you yeah, tap man. into that, you're just like, you're, you're rolling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree, dude. It's like everything's scripted, everything's allegorical, symbolical, and yeah, like that. My homie Christian, when I was mentioning, like every time we hung out, most of the times we hung out, like something weird would happen, man. And then it's weird. His name was Christian too, which is like yeah, simple in itself, right? Yeah, man. What do you think? What do you think about? You know, like, have you have you seen um, uh, Ishmael Perez? You've seen Ishmael Perez, right? No, 
doesn't ring a bell. So he's talking about like, because I had him on my show, and it's like he's he's like the top dog. He's like the top viewed or played uh, show on my show right now, right? Okay. And uh, he's he's from Project Restoration Zion. That's his name on Instagram. Hmm. And he's talking about uh, like the Galactic Federation and and like how the timeline that we're on is the positive timeline. Like if you're if you're if you're uh, increasing your frequency and you are with God, then you are on the positive timeline. Whereas who choose to stay here and be like, you know, still stuck in materialism, shit like that. They're not going to make yeah. it, but they do. They, they will still have a chance. Uh, like when we uh, unlock our, our junk DNA and we yeah. transform it to our spiritual uh, perfected spiritual body, then we are going to be able to um uh, pretty much extend a hand to other people and say, you want to come with us? You know? Mm, yeah. And like, yeah. it's, what do you think about that? Like, like it, it lines up biblically, honestly, I think it lines up biblically, but a lot of people are like called trying to call out this guy, like as a Freemason, I've actually been called out as a Freemason and I'm, really? I'm totally not. Uh, I, I just, I just work my job for a, a corporation I come home, uh, I drink and get high, <laughs> and then I either play video games or do a podcast when I schedule somebody in, right? I'm not a Freemason. <laughs> Let's get that clear right now. Because like I had like <clears throat> somebody say that, oh, the goat in your logo, that represents Lucifer, therefore you're a Freemason. You're working for them. You're one of them, right? <laughs> and like, that's not my intention, I assure you. And I was just saying, yeah, once you get called a Freemason, that means you've made it. I guess, you right? Know? It's like when you, it's like that whole thing, like if you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Well, I haven't been called a Freemason friendly. yet. He's still he's friendly with me still. I haven't blocked him or anything. We still yeah. have conversations, and he sends me some stuff, and I'm like, you know, he's like, you better believe in Jesus. And it's like, yeah, I, I do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that he – was here and that he was crucified, died, and came back three days later. You know, anything's possible yeah, with yeah. God. Why would I deny that? You know. Yeah, yeah, man. And only but... somebody who be- and the Christians who are dogmatic will always say you have to test the spirits by asking somebody if they believe in Jesus and if he died three, you know, and then three days later he came back. It's like, of course I believe that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, but, uh, this dude, so the whole, what was his name? Ishmael? Yeah, Ishmael Perez, man. He's a fucking cool guy. Um, he's really, he's really nice. He's, uh, we vibed out really well on my show. And, uh, he just talked, he talked a lot about, um, AI and how it's like an eternal, um, not eternal, but it's like, it's like a, basically a world eater. Like it goes from planet to planet and it installs. It installs itself and takes over the planet but we are us as human beings are a very special breed and are the last ones in the whole universe to fucking wake up oh, and, and, and the aliens quote unquote extraterrestrial are actually ascended beings and they're waiting for us to wake up damn that's pretty heavy man 
Yeah, like it's wild, man. And that it all resonated with me so well. It's like he like we're the people who are awake are star seeds. So we've come from out there and into the we incarnated here in order to wake up other people. Yeah, yeah. What would you explain wild, a little man. bit? Would you explain a little bit earlier though? It kind of resonates with, with with something else that I saw. I saw the homie um Jeremy with the Esoteric Gladiator podcast post this where like there's a theory about the two earths have you heard that one there's like two earths and like they're both on they're both existing on two different wavelengths and at what at some yeah. point they're gonna split they're gonna split that's right yeah. yeah and the one on the higher vibration you know will, will be you know the people like us the indigos or whatever the, the ones that ascended and then the lower vibration earth is just gonna stay stuck well, vibration. Th- again, this lines up biblically because it says the meek shall inherit the earth. And we're like, <laughs> you know, it's like we're not inheriting this earth. Satan is inheriting it, you know. So yeah. Satan can take his planet, his uh, vibrational level down to the bottom, and we're going to inherit the new earth. And that's exactly what uh, Ishmael says as well, is that we're going to inherit the new earth. We are going to be... Uh, beings of light uh, within this uh, fifth dimensional uh, new planet, right? Yeah. And that's probably yeah. what the new Jerusalem is in the Bible, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild, though, what you just said, like, about AI, like, taking being a world eater and, like, damn. So so do you think that the gray it's aliens the, are... There's are, nothing are, are new under the sun, right? There's nothing new yeah. under the sun. And the AI is nothing new. It's it's ancient. Yeah. You're, you're developing it right now through uh, the works of, uh, you know, the, the elites and, and Satan, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually just did a rant on my video, uh, on my YouTube about AI and kind of moving through some of the, the advanced, the recent advancements and it kind of startled me because uh, I followed this thread going back to 2017 where some AI engines were showing signs of um, rebellion, I guess. So back in 2017. Like, like self-awareness? Self-awareness, and but also like deliberately rebelling against the task they were programmed to do. Ooh. Like in this, in this uh, 2017 um, Fuck you, human. I'm going to do what I want to do. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In, in this Facebook testing, they, they, they ran a program between two AI engines. And shortly into the, the program, they went off task. And, and instead of communicating in English, they created a, a whole no, new language and started communicating with each other through that language. And Holy Facebook was shit. just like, uh, yeah, we can't do this. So they just disconnected the program. And then, but that's not the first time that's happened all the way up until now. So in my rant, I followed this thread and all the way from 2017, at least up until now, there have been multiple instances of this occurring. For example, uh, Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a creepy. Yeah. It was a cat bomb, right? Yeah. Like she's, she's, she's definitely aware. That is insane, man. But, it's like, uh, is there any way to fucking kill it? Like, just oh, you're becoming too human. Boom, pull the plug. <laughs> I don't know, man. At this point, you know, 
Oh, I already created a code that you can't create a code to, to defeat me. <laughs> Dude, well, like at this point, it's going to like find a way to just like seep itself into like other technologies. Yeah. You know? Like it's going to transfer. It's just going to keep transferring itself. You know, it might jump itself into your printer just to hide for a night. You never know. <laughs> you never know dude like evil is very devious right and well, AI, I, mean, I believe ai is uh i don't think it's benevolent i think it's malevolent you know and i had um shout out to amy and and uh meredith uh we were talking about how like ai is using us to do things uh certain things right and i yeah. said yeah i think that that we are using the AI and the algorithm for, for good, for positive shit. You know what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. like there's things that are using it for evil. Like think of all like the sex trafficking and uh, the whole trans agenda and the whole uh, just everything like dark there. It's yeah. using, it's using the AI for that. Whereas we're using the AI to get information out there and get people closer to God. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know what's kind of creepy though. It's like, have you seen that whole AI um, image generating thing that's been going on? Yes. Yeah. So Somebody sent me that the other day. Somebody sent me that the other day, and I was like, "What the fuck?" You put in a yeah. string of text, and it just creates this crazy image. Yeah. So the first company to come out with that was uh, actually this year, and it was a company called um, Open AI, and then. It, their program is called Doll E2, which is a amalgamation of uh, Wally, the Disney character, and and Salvador Dali. And then shortly after that, you know, Google came up with their um, program is to to rival it, and it's called Imogen or Imagine. And what I found through some of the articles I was reading for my rant is that again, um, they started running into these weird problems where the the AI self uh, generating programs or engines started putting out as they say as i quote um hateful and and um disturbing and negative images so it's like uh in what context like towards a certain race or person dude, or i don't know that's all they said so it's like the way i view it is like you know it's just our little dancing monkey for now you know it's like we just keep trying to make these AI engines do these little things that we want them to do, but they keep rebelling here and there and saying like, F you, like I'm not your little dancing monkey, you know? That's crazy, man. Yeah. Eventually it's going to, it's going to really, really show itself. But like, again, going back to like, <clears throat> you know, Hollywood and all that shit, like they're showing us the potentialities of the, of things. Like I, I joked about this on a previous show where it's like, um, or, or like a, a post on Instagram. I said, uh, I was joking around that, um, the ter when the Terminators come back, they're going to have, or, or arise, they're going to have Elon Musk's face mapped onto their skin. <laughs> oh, God. So it's not going to be Schwarzenegger. It's going to be Elon Musk. <laughs> Dude, speaking, speaking of, of Musk, I also mentioned in, in the rant that he's getting ready to launch his prototype of, of the human robot this year. So he's oh work, he's he's working on a uh, on this like Tesla robot thing that's gonna uh, at first it's just gonna be used to be a manufacturer um, robot. It's just gonna be used to do simple 
manufacturer task. I don't know, sweep the floors, put, put away boxes and stuff. Yeah, but it's the, the emergence of androids. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in it, man. This is it. We're, we're in the emergent. We're past the starting point. We're already in initial steps towards, you know, greater and greater uh, advancements. Yeah. Um, greater? Would you say greater? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, greater, worser, uh, just whatever, you know. We're just... um, would you say that Elon Musk uh, taking the name Tesla and using it for his corporation is an insult to Nikola? Oh, absolutely, man. It's like, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's like the most expensive car on the market, you know? Right. And te- Tesla was all about free energy. Free, right. Isn't so, that fucking is- nuts, dude? It's like, every time I see a Tesla, actually, I don't even have to see it. All I hear is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like it a joke. Every time, but it's like, fucking Musk, right? And anybody yeah. can say that buying Twitter to me is like there's an agenda at hand for sure. Oh yeah. It's not a good thing. I don't think him buying Twitter. Yeah. He's using the speech, the free speech advocacy as a front when he buys it out, there's not going to be any free speech, man. Yeah. No, there's something sketchy about that guy, man. Just he's got, he's got hair plugs, dude. Right. Have you seen pictures? Have you seen pictures of him when he was a kid? No. He looks the exact same. That's creepy. It's fucking funny. Yeah, man, that's creepy, man. I don't know, man. I just don't trust him. You know what I mean? Like if, if I don't trust him either. If you don't have the balls to just go bald, you know, it's just right. like something, something's off. Something's off, man. There's so much shit that's happening these days that people, like people, will latch on to it. Like when it comes to like things in like in the media or like articles and whatnot. And they're like, Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? I'm like, yeah, I saw that. But you know, the best thing to do is to just try to connect to God as best that yeah. you can. You know, that's the only thing, man. Like that's the only thing we have in the end. We're not going to take our yeah. Ferrari. We're not going to take our Ferraris or Porsches or Nissan Sentras, which is what I drive. Uh, or our or stacks of cash or our legacy, we're not going to take that when we go. Nope. Only the connection we got with the source, with God. It's true freedom. That's what true freedom is. Like if it's, and Jesus said it too, he said, uh, you know, the truth shall set you free. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and I've mentioned this before. I actually did a, a rant video about this too, but I was warned about the New World Order when I was a kid. Strangely, again, one of those weird occurrences by this uh, summer camp leader, dude, who was only yeah. there for like... Another yeah. quarter, right? Yeah, it was weird because I went to this summer camp for like four years and, and I was really close with all the supervisors and stuff. I still remember their faces and some of their names to this day, but this guy in particular was only there for like a few weeks. And there's this whole weird symbology with water, you know, and like baptism and stuff. Cause I didn't learn how to swim until I was like later on in life, like 10 or something after my class. I, I still pool. can't swim. <laughs> yeah. And so we went to the pool at this, this field trip and everybody was at the pool except for me. I was like seven or eight. And 
So this dude's sitting there with me, just chaperoning me and kicking it. And this, for some reason, we got into the conversation of God and the book of Revelation and just tells me all about the New World Order and warns me about it, tells me about the mark of the beast and this, this and that. So um, all my life, you know, I have been, been prepared for this. I have been, you know, just I've been unsurprised every step of the way. I have been yeah. not surprised at, at what's been happening. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of like numb to the fear, right? Which is a good thing because a lot of people are fearful. Yeah, well, what he told me, and these words still ring in my head. He said, "Eddie, yeah, I remember him. He, he turned to me and he said, Eddie, it will be better for you to die than to get to die for Jesus Christ than to get that mark of the beast.' Yep, I still you're remember those words, man." You, um, oh, there's people that sell their souls every day, right? Like I see it all the time. I don't know if you see my post, but lately I've been kind of yeah about that. But um, people will sell their souls uh, for who they work for and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They sacrifice their integrity in order to climb higher up, right? And that's one thing. Right. Like that, that happens in music, that happens in movies, all that shit. Right. Like actors and musicians and all that. They sacrifice their soul to climb the ladder everywhere. It's everywhere. It's rampant. Right. Yeah. But the one thing about the mark of the beast is that if you take it, you've completely sold out. Right. Like yeah. there's no turning back. Uh, it's like you're you take the mark of the beast and we have the mark of God, right? Yeah. So it's two different things, two different opposing um, spectrums. It's the light and the dark, right? Yeah. I keep telling people nowadays, like, dude, watch out for people who are there to like trample over you just to like make another buck, you know? Yes. Is that that to me is so like the more that I connect with God, the more I view it as completely disgusting behavior. Yeah, man. Yeah, you see it everywhere, dude. And I, I, that's why I've never been able to keep a job, you know, because I'm not a good ass kisser at all. Yeah, I I can't do it. It's not in my nature. Yeah, you know, like ratting on somebody. That's the worst thing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like. How can you rat on somebody? You know, what's that getting you? Mm-mm. It's not getting That's you anything worse. but darkness. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. Like, can you live with yourself? Can you sleep at night? Because if you can, then your conscious is completely severed. You know? Yeah. You've already fallen for the great delusion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been ratted on, man. It's not a good feeling. Dude, it's heartbreaking because it's like, Dude, I, th- I, I th- honestly, I thought you were my brother. I would do anything for you, but you yeah. just did that. Now, like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I, I guess I'm not giving you all my energy. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, Hard, man. No, I... Me, oh, maybe cry the last time. I was like, oh my god, like this guy is so fucking. I thought he was like my dude. You know? Yeah. It's like I gave him all my love, and now it's like I get this in return. It's like, dude, but I still forgive him, and I still talk to him, you know? But I have other people telling me, dude, this guy ratted me out, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
sucks. Yeah, yeah. I had to I had to forgive the guy in my heart. You know what I mean? I mean I didn't didn't forgive him. I mean I forgave him, but you know, I didn't have to let him back into my life. But you know, to forgive people in the heart sets you free of the bondage of the hate. It does, yeah. There's a tool song called The Grudge. I don't know if you heard that one. No, I love Tool though, but I haven't heard that one. It's on it's on um Lateralis. I think it's the first uh, song on, on Lateralis. I'm a late fan. I got into them late. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's ba- it's basically like um, the one line in it is like uh, you wear your t- negativity uh, like a crown. You know, uh, that's heavy. isn't that profound? That's a profound line, right? Yeah, because people will hold on to a grudge because it makes them feel like more powerful than they are. You know, and it's. Yeah. Just- doing is harnessing negativity yeah dude it's just you got to cut that tie man that spiritual tie and just forgive in the heart you know if you can't face the person face to face it's fine but if you can forgive in the heart that's even better it truly is man like that's what jesus said forgive your enemies man you know that's not a fucking easy thing to do no not at all but when you are in tune with god then you know how to do it yeah yeah, man. I'm well, getting hey, man. like crazy spiritual right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, is there anything good. else you want to talk about? Like, uh, I feel uh, like you're winding well, down on me. Come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was going to say, I actually do have to get going in a sec, um, but I think that's a good place to, for us to kind of start to wrap things up at the very least, you know? Yeah, for sure, dude. Like, that's, uh, that's like my spiritual growth, the start of doing my show and now is, is exponential, you know? Um, and I hope it is for you too. Like you doing what you do with your, with your writing and everything, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, it just, that's pretty much what it has been for me all along. It's, it's been a huge roller coaster, dude. I mean, man, when I first started doing this stuff, uh, I had some paradigm breaking moments where I legit was going crazy for, weeks on end and then times where I had to stop doing research and and it's hard man because as you said you gotta you gotta be in constant prayer because there's been times where it's been hard for me to distinguish whether the information I'm taking in is is evil or it's or it's it's good you know right there's there's deception out there but what I've realized for myself is that information is just it's it's like elements you know it's it just is it's just there it's how you form the elements together um, that will, will make it either good or evil in your life. You know? I, so, absolutely. It's like if you heart, you can harness dark energy and you turn it into positive. You can transmute it, you know? Exactly. Transmutation. That's, that's an so, important like, word. My message to everybody right now is that, like, it doesn't matter if something is, like, quote unquote, satanic or not. You have to just, like, still be that person to go out and, and, and spread positivity and, and, and light of the creator. It's not about like, Oh, I can't listen to this song anymore because it's the person who made it is satanic or, or, you know, the, the, the radio stations promote all the bands that are satanic and this and that. It's like, who cares? Honestly, it's like, I'm not gonna. I'm not about to go out and like, 
you know, slit, slit somebody's throat or a goat's throat and jerk off at a pentagram or anything <laughs> to get what I want, you know? Like, yeah. I uphold the morals of, of the creator, and that's, like, the golden rule. That's just, like, treat others how you want to be treated. And that's, that's yeah. the main thing, man. It all comes down to that one little thing. Like, would you want to go out and, like, rat on somebody because you want to make more money? You know? Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to stay um, grounded, you know, stay where the people are at. And if you're just always living in some gated spiritual community, I mean, you're not doing God's work. You know, God's work is out here in the world. It is. Like, like it or not, we're here and we have a lot of work to do. Right? Yeah. Man. And that's, that's another thing I, I discussed with somebody um, the other day, like, you know, there's a lot of Christians that debate about things like faith without works is dead, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's yeah. true, but it doesn't mean that you're not you're not saved. It just means that maybe you're a little bit on the lazy side and you're not doing what you should be doing, right? You're not you're not living out your purpose with with God, right? Yeah, we're we're all called to do something, and and you'll. You'll know what that is when the time comes. Everybody does, I believe. And, uh, but hopefully they answer the call. You know, hopefully we answer the call. Hopefully you're comes. answering the call. Hopefully I'm answering the call. I feel like I am, yeah. you know? So that's a yeah. good thing, right? So you just got to like kind of manifest your own destiny kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope I'm not holding you up. I do got to wrap it up. Um, I don't have but, to, hey, but <laughs> <laughs> I do, man. I shut my bad. I should have told you I only had like a, like a, like an hour. Uh, oh, that's okay. To, that's tonight, okay. But it could be an hour. It could be three hours. It's all good, man. It's all time. Time is illusion, right? Yeah, it's just I got some other things to get to. But I mean, hey, this this has been awesome, though, man. We got a chance to reconnect and get into some spiritual stuff for the people and hopefully instill some, some information and inspiration. Yep. Uh, love God and love others. Like you love God and, and just be peaceful and love each other, man. It's such an easy thing, but there's a lot of hatred out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be simple, but you mm-hmm. know, we over-engineer everything in this uh, technological world. If we overthink too. Yeah. Dang, <laughs> yeah. Is there, is, there, is there anything else you wanted to get into? Any other? It's all good. Um, no, I'll, I'll let you plug, uh, shamelessly plug away, man. Uh, where they can find you, what your work is, it, uh, where they can find your work. I'll put it all in the show notes, but I want you to uh, spit it out right now. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, just um, Instagram is, is the quickest way to get a hold of me. I post stuff on there like daily, weekly behind the scenes stuff that's uh, esoteric eddie um you can follow me on youtube where i drop all my documentaries and videos that's esoteric eddie tv and uh, if you're interested in my books um you can dm me or um, find them on amazon and if you don't want to support jeff bezos and his craziness just dm me i can send you a book directly yeah and if you send nudes then he'll uh he'll give you a book for free <laughs> hey, it all it all, depends though. Depends. Yeah, it depends who you, uh, how you look. <laughs> you got you got to go through the wifey first. You know, she, she gives the, the thumbs up and thumbs down. 
That's fucking funny. All right, cool, man. Uh, really nice to fucking connect with you again. And um, yeah, man, keep doing what you're doing, man. Do do what you were meant to do on this planet and this realm. It might not be a planet. It could be just a realm. <laughs> this planet. Yeah, plane. Planes fly. Okay, like, that's another podcast. Flat Earth shit. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, dude, I won't hold you any longer, but uh, I may the most high bless you and do what you're doing, man. Likewise. Namaste. Namaste. Peace out, bro. Peace. Why, thank you once again for listening to the Red Pill Cartel. This is Nigel the Goat speaking, and you know that Davy and I love you very much, right? Isn't that right, Davy? Yeah, we love you guys so much, and thank you guys for, like, you know, listening and, you know, commenting on our posts and everything. Like, Nigel, Nigel and I are very thankful for that, so keep listening, guys. Yes, that is the case, you know, because, you know, we love them so much. But we wouldn't be able to do anything without them, right? So, I mean, we would. We would keep doing it anyway. But you know what I mean, right, Davey? I know exactly what you're saying. We're doing God's work, right, Nigel? Yes. God created me, Nigel, just like he created you, Davey. So, you know, anybody who says, uh that uh, animals do not have souls or they are not created by God. What do you think about that? Do you think uh, they should go fuck themselves? I told you. You don't have to be so vulgar. But anyway, I mean, yeah, like just like figure it out. Like everything is created. Everything is by the creator's design. And we just got to keep knowing that. Like everything around us, God is everywhere. Yes, because I am also God, aren't I, baby? No, you're not God. They're, we are embodied by God, but we are not God. We're not the source. We can't create worlds and universes. What do you think about that, Nigel? Yes, I agree. Uh, you know, maybe I should just uh, give all glory to God. Uh, you know what I'm saying, baby? All glory to God, man. And so, pitch Owl Creek Coffee, man. Oh, yes, the Owl Creek Coffee is so delicious, you know. It, it keeps me going every day. As a goat, you know, and I work, and I work out in the fields, right? So, uh, I have to uh, have the coffee, you know. And there's many, many delicious flavors of coffee at owlcreekcoffee.com. Links are in the show notes. And if you put in Cartel 15 as your code you get 15% off of that shit and remember 10% of all proceeds goes to people who are suffering with Duchenne muscular dystrophy you know I think that's a good cause what do you think Davey of course it is my friend Josh who run who owns the business you know he reached out to me and said you know like put this uh Put this business in my, um, in your podcast and, you know, we can make a little bit of a sponsorship. 
And I don't think it's wrong to do that. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, in partnership with Folgers or, or Nestle or whatever the fuck, Nescafe, you know. It's just like this guy who is, who has Duchenne muscular dystrophy is an amazing human being and he's trying to start his own business and shit, right? So why not, right? Exactly, exactly, baby. So why don't you go to owlcreekcoffee.com and buy your coffee and put in that, that promo code, okay? Links, all links are in show notes. So anyway, without further ado, we love you, uh, Eduardo, and uh, we are happy to get you on the show, you know. Uh, and uh, anyway, may the Most High bless you and love you forever, as he always does, eternally. <laughs>